Welcome in. I'm Bobby Levine alongside my best friends for this podcast, Christopher Constable and Steve Swan. This is not the J&B Weekly Wrap-Up. This is a online journalism class uh, taught by Bob Benz, and this is our final project. This will go on Court Street Story, so if you check it out, please listen to this. Uh, it's going to be an insight on fantasy sports. Uh, again, I have my two best friends. We are in a we were in a couple of fantasy league sports with football and baseball. Baseball is the only one that we've kept up with. Um, so how many years have you guys participated in sports? You guys want to say your name and, and describe your fantasy world in the sports spectrum. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks, Bobby, for uh, having us on here. Uh, this is Stevenson Swan. Um, I have actually participated in fantasy sports for 11 years. I was doing the math a little bit earlier. Uh, the first year I ever played was on sportsillustratedkids.com. Uh, when I was in the sixth grade, I joined a fantasy football league on my own because uh, I got the SI Kids magazine, and I've been kind of addicted ever since. So I've been playing you know, fantasy football, uh, fantasy baseball, as Bobby said earlier, and then um, just this past year I got a little bit into fantasy basketball from a uh, – you know, daily DFS perspective. So um, that's that's for me. Yeah, and uh, I'm Chris Constable, and thanks again, Bobby, for having us on here. And uh, I'm not as much of a fantasy guru as Steve over here, but I've been playing fantasy sports for about five years now. Uh, got started into uh, flat, uh, fantasy football and uh, changed uh, into fantasy baseball, and uh, I've been addicted just like Steve here. Uh, any chance I get in my free time, I can definitely say that fantasy sports have been a big part of my life and a big hobby of mine. So, yeah. Yeah, looking at a whole, obviously, the fantasy sports industry, fantasy football especially, has been a billion-dollar industry for the past couple of years. Um, would you say, I guess, what would be your favorite fantasy sport to play? And I guess explain why it would be your favorite fantasy sport. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and start. Um my favorite fantasy sport at this point in my life is baseball. Uh, I think it's the league that we're in, um, so it may be specific to us. I get that it's a commitment. I get that it's every day. That's part of what I love about it being so um, into fantasy sports that you have to check it every day uh, to be relevant in the league. You have to look at the waiver wire. You have to look at the players that are available. You have to look at what's going on, who's hot and who's cold. That's something that happens in baseball. It doesn't happen in every single sport. Um, so that's part of what I love about it just from the fantasy sports perspective. Um, also, our league is special. I think that's what makes any fantasy sport league incredibly special is the friendships and the uh, relationships that are caused throughout, you know, between the players in the league and, and how much they – you know, are competitive with one another and how much they stay in touch and how much everybody checks and everybody cares. I think that's one of the best things about fantasy sports is the the relationships it helps build. And uh, I think our fantasy baseball league especially uh, really helps helps that uh, more so than anything. So I would definitely say my fantasy baseball team is, is the, the most I care about any fantasy sport. Yeah, to bounce off of that, uh, I've had more success in fantasy baseball than I have with fantasy football. Uh, you know, last year I was a league champ in our fantasy baseball league. Uh, and so I think that definitely plays a part. I find more success in fantasy baseball. Also, if you ask my friends and ask my family, I'm a math guy. You know, I'm studying to be a math teacher. And uh, there's a ton of statistics, you know, in all fantasy sports, but especially fantasy baseball. Uh, you come down to at-bats versus certain pitchers. You know, are they going to hit a lefty versus a righty? And how many uh, lefties have they seen versus how many righties have they seen? And just from an everyday standpoint, you really need to pay attention on what guys you want in your lineup. You know, a uh, cool thing about fantasy baseball is that the rosters are so big. Uh, you have a lot of different guys you can choose from. 
Uh, and uh, I think that's a big part of why I think fantasy baseball is so big and why I enjoy it so much. Yeah, looking at fantasy base or fa fantasy sports as a whole, it keeps people connected, as Steve was saying. Uh, obviously, our baseball has 12 members, all of them now across uh, America, as we are now becoming into the adulthood and getting jobs in the workforce all over. Uh, I know, Steve, you got a job next year in Boston, and so obviously – as a whole, we have, if you win, you get to pick the location. Now, in your stories of your friends uh, that aren't in, obviously, this one, but have you heard of any big wagers in between fantasy sports and then uh, for the loser? Because I've heard, like, different leagues have big losers. If you guys want to dive into some funny stories with that, you guys want to explain that one, Chris? Yeah, so uh, I actually got invited to a fantasy football league. I got a call before the season started. Uh, my friend Max called me up, and he said, hey, uh, would you be interested in a high-stakes fantasy football league? And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm not the best at fantasy football. What high stakes are we talking here? And he said, so when you join the league, you don't have a league fee or anything, but you submit a really dumb tattoo that the loser of the league would get, okay? So the loser has to spin a wheel at the end of the league, the 12th person in the league, spins a wheel, whatever tattoo he lands on, he has to get that dumb tattoo. And uh, I thought that was unique. I kindly declined. Uh, but I think that was a pretty funny high-stakes league that I was asked to join. Absolutely. Uh, one other one that I've added on to that, which I think, you know, absolutely hilarious, some of the, the leagues that really punish the loser. Uh, a friend of mine is in a league where they – they live in Chicago, and they send the loser on a bus trip to San Francisco, California, and back. A Greyhound bus trip, and they take away all their electronics. And it's just back-to-back. -back. They have no night stay or anything in San Francisco. All they have to do is ride a bus from Chicago to San Francisco and back. Um, essentially, they're just on a bus for over 24 hours with no electronics, no anything. Um, and that's their punishment, which is one of my favorite that that I've heard. So I have two questions for you, Steve, on that one. If you know the answers to them, please explain them. Uh, are they allowed to have money? On, are, they have a, are they allowed to have a wallet? I know you said electronics. Can they bring money? Yeah, they, they're, they're given some allowance. I forget exactly the details on what it is. Um, they're given some allowance. They don't get a ton of money. They don't get enough. Basically, they have to do it, right? So they get a, a bus trip that's as close to back-to-back -back as it can get. Um, and they're basically on a bus the entire time to and from. Like, obviously, they're allowed money for food and everything, but they're just, you know. And then how many years has this league gone on? Uh, this is, like, only the second year. So only one person's actually had to do it. Uh, did he do it, though? Yeah, he did it. He did it. They, they made him do it, and uh, it, it was pretty funny just to hear the stories about it. I mean, if I were on the Greyhound, you'd have to tell the people next to you, like, this is why I'm on this bus going from Chicago to San Francisco and back. And then the final question to the league on that league would be, now – in Biggest Losers, do you have the loser in the regular season or do you have the loser of the, I guess, toilet bowl, I guess you can say? the Is that how it is? Is it just the worst regular season record? Yeah, I don't know. I would assume it's the worst regular season because a lot of people stop paying attention after, you know, they miss the playoffs. So I would assume it's, the, it's just the – the worst of the regular season in that one. Okay. And it's not me that's part of the league. It's one of my friends. But um, that was just one of my favorite stories that I've heard about loser punishment. That is a great story. Again, I'm here with Steve Swan Chris Consman, my two best friends here at Ohio University. We're talking about fantasy sports. To go off to make the playoffs, obviously you have to have an advantage. Uh, some people get lucky and draft a whole bomb squad of players, and those team, those players stay healthy the whole year. But most people hit the waiver wire, and I think that's how you win a championship, in my opinion, is if you get lucky with a couple waiver wire pickups. 
What do you guys use for, I guess, different sports apps or something like that to look up information and somehow get your advantage edge to make the playoffs and win a championship? Yeah, so um, I, I Google some stuff every once in a while. You know, you find articles on Bleacher Report. You can find articles on various just fantasy sites. There are tons of them out there now, especially in the age where there's there's a ton of sites. Personally, I'm an ESPN insider. I paid it for that access. Uh you know, that's part of the fantasy sports addiction, I guess. Uh, I love hearing the scoop and also um, being a, a huge sports fan, I pay to, you know, see the trade rumors and everything when they roll across the screen. So I love the value you get out of being a um, ESPN insider. So that's that's a lot of what I trust, uh, more so than anything else personally. But I know a lot of people that don't pay for it also have options. And before I started paying for it, I had options uh, from various websites. Yeah, I think that the biggest thing with waiver wire pickups is just paying attention to trends and just putting the time in. Uh, you know, you're not going to find that golden goose if you just get online for five minutes. This guy seems okay. Pick him up real quick, and that's it. No, you want to look at what he did last week. You know, where's he going? Who's he going to play this week? Uh, just continuing on trends, uh, I like to look at, like, the last seven days for fantasy baseball, maybe, like, the last two weeks in fantasy football. Um, who's hot, and again, on you know, what are my guys doing? You know, are my guys getting cold? Is it worth the drop? Do I keep him? See what's going on? Um, but I think waivers are a huge part of fantasy sports, like you said before, Bobby. And um, I mean, that's a lot of success right there. And looking forward as a whole for the fantasy world, we said that uh, football is a billion dollar industry the last couple of years. They've come out with different websites and apps you can use to play fantasy sports. You don't have to just go through Yahoo. ESPN, I know Chris, you're going to talk about this now in this question. Now they have FanDuel and DraftKings. Steve, you did not have a fantasy football team or league this year, so you went on to one of those off-sites and used it. Do you find that more exciting because you're betting money every week and you don't have to wait till at the end of the week payout if you do win? Yeah, I mean, so there, there are positives and negatives. I mean, so I, I like to be in the league from the relationship side that I talked about earlier, but I didn't really have a league this year that that got formulated with a bunch of people that I cared about. So I kind of said, you know, I'm going to force myself to be in a league that's for a bunch of money um, where I keep it all year. I'm just going to play by myself. And I joined uh, DraftKings, threw 100 bucks on my DraftKings account. And, uh, you know, I, I've enjoyed it so far this year. I've about broken even so far on – on the fantasy football side. I mean, it's also opened me up to looking at other fantasy sports. So I enjoy it from, you know, you get uh, to see which players, you know, every week you got to try to make a unique lineup. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's really interesting. And every week's kind of a clean slate. You know, your team doesn't get far behind. I haven't had many fantasy teams that have been struggling that bad. I've been blessed in my fantasy career. But uh, the one or two times I have had a team in any sport that struggles early on, uh, and just isn't able to make it back. It, it kind of it isn't fun to play anymore by the end of the season. So I've always got that it's fun to play at least in this this daily uh, atmosphere. I've also gotten introduced, as I talked about earlier, to other sports like basketball. I'm not a big NBA guy, um, but it helps introduce me to other sports uh, like the NBA um, when I'm able to bet on those every day. You know that happens more often than the fantasy football does once a week. And I'm able to uh, become interested in other sports and other things because of a, a site like DraftKings allowing DFS uh, capability or daily fantasy capability uh, for multiple sports and kind of everything going on in the sporting world. Yeah, so um, the commissioner of our fantasy football league this year, this is the first year we did this, uh, it's with some high school buddies. And uh, it's a 12-team league. We're going to try to keep it going from year to year. And uh we actually started using Flea Flicker as the um, the forefront for our the website for our uh, 
for our league, and there's a, there's a thing that I like about it, and there's also something that I don't like about it. Uh, the thing that I don't like, first off, is that there's no iPhone app, and uh, it's a little frustrating, you know, if you're on the go, like, oh, wait, is my guy playing Thursday night? Shoot, he was he was questionable, and now I'm not sure. Uh, you need to have your laptop with you. You can't just check it, you know, on the go. Uh, so that's something that we're looking into. Uh, I don't think that Flea Flicker is going to go the iPhone route. I really don't. Uh, I've been reading some things on it, and it doesn't seem like that. Um, something that I do like, uh, that I'm not sure if the other leagues do or not, the other websites, is it gives you a, coacher, a coaching rating. And so if you, say, have a choice between Jameis Winston and Cam Newton, and you're really on the fence about it, and Cam Newton drops 35 points, and he's on your bench. You went with Jameis, and Jameis puts up 20. That's going to drop your coach rating down from 100% down to maybe like 85%. So it's all based on how many points you left on your bench. And, um, and I think that's pretty cool. So if you pick all the right players and you really had no other way of scoring any, more high, any higher points, then you're going to get 100% in the coaching category. And I think that's something different that Flea Flicker does. It's pretty cool. Looking at a whole for obviously our fantasy world, uh, how what would your I guess ideas of keeping a league going for a long time? Obviously, we have our baseball one that we as a as a whole. Obviously, Steve, Chris, and myself, and uh, along with Sam Gar, made a committee uh, to enforce rules so the commissioner doesn't get too power thirsty and make rules in favoring of him or or hurting other teams. And then also, you have to stick to a strict guideline of rule set. Obviously, we saw that earlier this year with uh, losing players on uh, what was called the keeper leagues. If you guys want to dive into that, you can talk about that as well. But what makes a good league? And obviously, Steve, the last comment you said, it stinks when your team does not do well. But if, say, the last place team has a punishment, it also makes you keeping up with your team roster so you don't finish in last place and don't end up getting a terrible tattoo or riding a bus for God knows however long to San Francisco and back. Yeah, so I think I talked about it earlier in the podcast. Uh, relationships is one of the biggest parts about fantasy sports. And I think one of the one of the biggest things you can do for a league, um, something we've int- introduced in our in our baseball league and anyone else listening, something you could introduce in any of your fantasy leagues. Um, I think one of the most essential things, especially once people move all across the country, is a live draft. Uh, that kind of pr- produces a trip where everyone's going to see each other at least once a year. Um, hopefully, everybody's going to get together. Um, especially if people live in different areas and it's hard to stay in touch. Uh, everyone sees each other at least once a year, and that's something a lot of leagues aren't able to do, and that's why eventually they fall apart after school. If you can continue a tradition of a live draft, uh, I think that that's incredibly important. It is more work on the commissioner, or in our case, luckily, we've had a committee that can help out with uh, delegating this, this responsibility and making this happen. Um, but I think a live draft is one of the biggest things, to have a trip where everyone can see each other, everyone can hang out, everyone can have a fun weekend, and you at least once a year see each other and you stay friends from that perspective. Um, and then I think that's one of the biggest things that you can do uh, to, to continue a league to move years and years uh, forward. Yeah, so a couple things here. Uh, first and foremost, you got to find a group of guys, every single one, that are committed to the league. And that's tough. Uh, I mean, we lost one of our players from our fantasy baseball league this year, and it's never fun to have someone else come in and take over a team. Uh, so that's tough, and you know, are you, it's going to be hard to figure out who's going to be committed day in and day out. Um, but hopefully, you know, you can find that group and keep it going. Um, 
another thing is you need to establish a set of rules. And so way before the league started in our football league this year, our commissioner sent out a poll of probably 25 different questions, different scenarios that could come up, and just had everybody take a Quizlet or yeah, something like that online, a Quiz Monkey, Survey Monkey, I think is what it was called. And uh, everybody filled that out. You were required to do it at least a month before the draft started. Everybody got it in on time. It was not a, not a problem. Most things that were voted on, it was little things like, is an interception going to be worth minus three points or minus two points? But, I mean, it matters, you know. Everyone wants to, to state their claim. And, um, and for our baseball league, we had a committee, me, you, you know, me, Bobby, Steve, and Sam. And uh, we sat down and we established that set of rules beforehand. And, you know, there's always going to be certain things that come up that you don't see coming. Um, but as long as you have, you know, a way to delegate it and figure things out like that, uh, I think is going to make a, a smooth a smooth league. So. Yeah, going along with Steve and having a, a committed teams, and like you said, Chris, and having good friendships with people, I think the four main things that people need to look out for to keep it a long league going for a tradition of years is keepers is one. Obviously, if you have a certain team, you can follow those players for a long time. Baseball, we changed that this year. I think that's great to have. We can follow a player for hopefully his entire career possibly. Uh, also, punishment and sticking to the straight rules and guidelines. If you're strict with that, people – you will have a very, very good following. Be a little stern. I mean, obviously, you're, if you're the commissioner, you have a committee, they have a little extra power because they the rules go through them first. They go and feed it back down to the regular people. And then, obviously, if you have money on the line, that might have people interested in as well. Growing up, getting older and getting into big boy jobs, maybe we get that on the line for baseball. Maybe, but we'll see. Uh, one of the final questions I guess we could talk about is name-wise. Do you guys have a good luck name for different sports? Uh have you seen any funny ones in any sport? Um, and if you guys are on a losing streak for the mojo or, or superstition, do you change your name up at all? Yes. Yeah, so uh, I have a, a good luck name in our fantasy baseball league. So um, you guys know my dad was the mayor of my small town back home. And uh, so he kind of runs the, uh, the village council. And, yes, it is actually a village. He runs the village council. And so uh, – I named the team Mount Eaton Council Members, and every every member of my squad is essentially a Mount Eaton Council member, and then uh, I like to think of myself as the mayor of that group or the manager of the team. Um, so I really haven't found a, a good one yet in fantasy football, so I'm still kind of finding my way there. Uh, right now I'm in the playoffs, so I might stick with this. Uh, I'm the set hips. It's a play on words of uh, an old coach of mine, an old, old coach of mine in high school. Um, you know how you say down, set, hut, or, you know, everyone says they're different cadence. But he used to say it like, say it, hip. And it was pretty funny. So I'm the set hips. And so uh, the guys in my league like, think that's pretty funny. Yeah, so uh, I usually just try to do something humorous. Um, you know, I won our fantasy baseball league for the, for the first season. Um, so I'm not gonna actually repeat what my team name is, which I think should. should well, it's a little inappropriate for a, all the listeners. It's a little I mean, inappropriate but, for the podcast. You, you, you can say it though, because it's a podcast. I mean, if you want to, if not, no biggie. So, so just just as a podcast, uh, yeah. I'm so it's team suck me off, um, which is kind of just a message to all the other teams. Uh, the the reality is, you know, when you're picking a team name. Um, I think that it's important to send a message to the rest of the league. So I don't go with the uh, player name puns. I go with the sending a message to the rest of the league about what your team's about, what your team culture is. And I think that my team, you know, kind of 
kind of uh, does does assert that dominance. Um, as inappropriate as it may be for this podcast, uh, I think that that's something that that I do continue. I, I actually completely forgot that was your name, and I do apologize for that, putting you on the spot like that, Steve Swan. But, no, I mean, most of the time, as you said, though, it's between your friends. So your friends get your inside jokes. They get your humor. I mean, uh, obviously, it's just some of it are a little bit offensive as more. But looking at, I guess we can wrap things up with keepers. Obviously, we've done keepers for one year. Um, you look at the rest of the league, they had to mail you in a certain uh, letter, whether it was pictures, as Brett Campbell, Soup did. Uh, you had Mud write you a warning that he would attack his own team if they didn't perform um, and probably pick the worst keepers of all time. That's Eric McQuiston. We call him Mud for short. Um, and then sometimes, obviously, you have guys that live close to you this year and they would all just drop it off. But uh, moving forward, do you think keepers will change up differently in your league and then looking at other people's leagues, obviously, um, that know more about keepers and, and whether it's going to help your team in a draft spot or, or you pick a guy that could possibly with um, a bigger upside perform next year for you? Yeah, so, you know, a big part of keepers, uh, you know, the way our league does it, and I'm sure a lot of leagues do it as well, is, um, you know, you you take away that draft's pick, you know, is when, when they were picked up uh, from the year before. And then uh, if you pick them up off waivers, you lose the last round pick, and then it moves forward from there. I think a big part of it is value and where you're taking these guys. And if you're keeping them off waivers and you think they're going to produce just as well as, you know, a – 10th or 11th or 12th round pick in fantasy baseball uh, you know we're in a 30 round uh, draft next year you know something like that um, so that's big so keeping a guy like Jake Lamb who was you know a, a rookie or maybe a sophomore campaign in, in Arizona who hit 29 bombs and over 90 ribbies and picked him up off waivers as a third baseman and I think you know that's solid even if he regresses a little bit next year that's definitely some value um, that I can I can take moving forward and I've actually never been involved with a draft yet, so this upcoming year um, will be the first time where you know teams already have five, you know, four or five guys on their roster moving forward. I think it's going to really shake things up in the draft. Uh, you know, I got Paul Goldschmidt in round one. I know I'm not looking for a first baseman, uh, so where do I go from here? Um, so it's definitely interesting to see where your squad is moving into the draft, um, and I'm looking forward to it. So. Yeah, I mean, looking at keeper strategy, uh, you know, it's it can, it can be interesting, and everybody has different strategies. And again, our league is pretty infant on the uh, whole keeper thing. So, like Chris said, we haven't even seen a draft yet. So, you know, we'll see. I kind of kept some of my best players um, to continue kind of my my team moving forward. But then again, some of my best players were young guys too. So, I think it'll be interesting moving forward. Um, I don't think that I could consider myself an expert and really want to speak on keepers uh, yet because we don't really know what the best strategy is. Uh, moving forward, whether it's to keep late round value or keep some of your best guys to continue that team, and I think we'll see more of that uh, moving forward. So uh, tune back in, you know, next year, uh, and we'll we'll let you know how that works out for us. Before we wrap things up, you guys want to say anything before we sign off? Let's go suck me off. Thanks for having us on, Bobby. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Bobby. I really appreciate the Absol opportunity. Absolutely. Again, Steve Swan and Chris Constable coming on and, and sharing their insight and uh, funny stories on the fantasy world. Um, again, if you need any contact or any help on them, if you contact me, and I'll give them their number. You guys can definitely have one-on-one -on -one conversations with them. I uh, want to give a huge shout-out to our league, the League of Brothers for Fantasy Baseball. This is our third year. Next year is our fourth year, first time with Keepers. 
adding a couple people into it, a lot of fun uh, moving forward. Being all across, getting big boy jobs should be a lot of fun, keeping contacts with you guys and that. Uh, good luck to your fantasy teams in football this year, DraftKings, and then your real fantasy league, Chris. Um, hopefully you guys stay healthy, no injury bug for anyone, and uh, best luck in the future in League of Brothers. And again, that's Bobby Levine, Chris Constable, and Steve Swan here for the Fantasy Insight. Have a good night.